My name is Marcus, and I love comics, but I've seen a lot of hesitation about them from lots of different groups. I know there is more to comic books than what meets the eye, and I want to learn about and share all this medium has to offer. That's why I decided to get a group of friends who don't share my taste or opinions to help me experience it all. Together, we want to share it with anyone willing to hear us out. So listen up, nerds and future nerds. It's time for the VF Comics Podcast. Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast. Every week, myself and a collection of not-like-minded friends talk about the amazing medium of comics and attempt to leave reading suggestions for every kind of reader. On this week's episode, we have Weslow, who is a doctor of biochemistry studying DNA replication and repair. Hello. And we also have Meg, a psychology major working in our local library system. Hey. And then you also have me, Marcus, of course. So before we get started, um, every week we're going to start off with some news and some discussion topics that relate to the comic book industry or artists and authors and ideas going on in the industry. But before we get to that this week, I thought, since it's our premiere episode, yay! 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 <laughs> that is much better enthusiasm than what we practiced earlier. <laughs> awesome, guys. I really appreciate that. I, I love it. So I want each of us to kind of talk about who we are. And as we add people to the podcast, and we have a couple people uh, waiting to join us during episode two, we'll have them introduce themselves as well. So I'll go ahead and start to kind of give you I get you guys an idea of what I'm looking for, and then I'll have you introduce yourselves. My name is Marcus. You might have heard me say my name is Marcus in the intro earlier. I'm an educator. I actually taught for 10 years and now I'm designing children's programs at the library. Uh, I a lot of my background uh, with comics actually comes from like most people from watching cartoons when I was younger, especially Batman and Justice League. But when I was a teenager, I went back and started reading those stories, and I just found that the stories could be really dense and very mature. Um, but I still enjoyed some of the sillier, lighthearted stories, like when the Joker tried to steal Christmas. My first comic I can actually remember really fully reading and understanding and uh, was in high school, and it was Kingdom Come. And I read the graphic collected, uh, Kingdom Come by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Uh, but it really wasn't a few years later till I was in the middle of college that I actually visited a comic book shop and started collecting my first series. And that was 12 years ago, and comics are actually my primary source of reading right now. I love the mixture of literature and visual art. It just, it really hits me in that sweet spot. Megan, uh, hey. go ahead and tell us about yourself. Yeah, so um, my name is Megan, like you just said. <laughs> um, I actually work with Marcus at our uh, one of our local libraries, and I honestly didn't really start getting into graphic novels until an adult. I think one of the one of the first ones that I read uh, was Blankets by Craig uh, Thompson, and I read that at a friend's house uh, when I was spending the night and couldn't sleep, and found it on her shelf, 
and opened it up and read the whole thing all the way through. And uh, it's a pretty long graphic novel, if you know Blankets. And um, I think that was really the first one that I read where I just remember thinking, this is not what I expected. And this is, this is amazing. Like, I'm a very visual person. Uh, I am really passionate about art and, um, and storytelling. And it was just uh, an absolutely wonderful new discovery. And uh, since then, I, I read a lot of what I don't consider traditional comics. You know, a lot of people, when they think comics, they just think, you know, Spider-Man and superheroes and all that jazz. I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, I read a lot of memoirs, particularly. I'm going to be talking about one uh, later on in the podcast. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Weslow, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello. Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> my introduction into comics didn't really come in, into my life, I guess, until later on when I was younger. Yeah, I read a couple comics here and there. I think the, the one that I can remember that stands out was having a Superman comic, comic during his mullet era. Um, <laughs> I remember... <laughs> That was the best that, Superman era. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was in the early '90s. I remember picking up a couple of those, uh, but I didn't really get into it until I met up with uh, Marcus here, and he pulled me in during my time in grad school and pulled me in pretty hard and kind of s- <laughs> stuck. <laughs> and now I, <laughs> I like to pick up pretty much everything, both Marvel, DC, some indie stuff, some really weird. I. I I'm actually really attracted to the really weird stuff out there, um, <clears throat> just because you don't you don't see it very often, and it's really interesting uh, to see what people come up with. Yeah, you uh, you definitely have a very unique taste that I don't agree with, but that's why you're here. Um, <laughs> but you know, like power to you, like everybody's got their thing that they love. Mm-hmm. A couple of our other normal contributors uh, is James. James is the owner-operator of Retrograde Comics here in Little Rock. And then our social media guru, who is going to be sitting in on our sessions, Mallory Kion. Kion? Am I that's pronouncing not, it wrong? She's looking at me like... That's definitely I not how you say it. hate you. <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> um, A for effort. Yeah. So... There are a couple other people working with us. They are an amazing team, and they're doing me a huge favor by being here every single week. Cowan. There yeah, you go. Cowan. Cowan. Great. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, good. Cowan. Uh, I got it. I See, I, I can do this. I'm good at that's, listening. That's so cringy. <laughs> I... Megan's looking at me like I'm antagonistic. I'm not antagonistic. So, so now that we've are done introducing ourselves, I want to move into a, just a couple quick pieces of news, just to give you an idea of what we talk about each week. We're going to pick some of the news that we notice throughout the week that catches our eye. And the first thing that I have noticed recently that I'm very excited about is that DC is starting a new horror imprint called DC Horror, so it's not got a catchy name, but I really like reading horror comics, and I can't remember the last time I was really able to see an imprint that focused exclusively on it, and maybe that's just my naivety, and I'm still trying to learn all that's out there. So it's cool that they're going to be starting this up, and their first title is The Conjuring the Lover, 
And so it's going to tie into the new Conjuring movie coming out. The book is going to launch in July. I'm so pumped. I love the Conjuring movies, and I'm a little bit indifferent towards the movies that take place in that universe, to be honest. Uh, but I am along for this ride. So as a fan of this genre, what I really want to know to help give people a taste of what kind of things you guys like, I want you to tell me what are some of your favorite horror stories. It can be books, movies, comics, um, anything like folk tales that you've heard. What is some horror stories that you just love? Yeah, so um, I actually really love The Conjuring as well. That is, I did not grow up loving um, scary movies. I avoided them at all costs, and um, that just was not my thing. And I think part of it was because, well, I was scary and I didn't like it. But also because um, I saw a lot of like really bad scary movies that just weren't good quality movies and so i saw uh the conjuring actually for the first time on christmas day and um loved it and was like this this is what scary movies need to be and so uh yeah i'm really excited about that so one of the scary stories i guess it's a scary story that i grew up with was the garden light <laughs> and i don't know if anyone knows oh yes local the- folk tales yeah of yeah so i'm from yes a- tiny town called Gurdon, Arkansas. And I grew up with the story about the Gurdon Light, which uh, the Gurdon Light is a light that uh, if you go to one of the railroad tracks in Gurdon, sometimes at night, you will see this glowing orb. And the story is that the orb is the a man who was killed, who got his head cut off <laughs> by a piece of there's a lot of different stories by like a piece of shrapnel some say that he lost his head like the train hit his head so basically this guy um this railroad conductor dead railroad conductor is just walking around looking for his head so the light is like his lantern right so i grew up with that and it was completely terrifying to me and uh definitely went out there many times dated someone who lived right beside it when you live in a place with two thousand people that becomes kind of a big deal did you ever see the light you know, I didn't. Um, I have a lot of friends that did, and I actually never went until they took up the railroad tracks. And mm. nobody, as far as I know, has actually seen it since then. Hmm. So, Headless Dude didn't like that. Dun, he dun, got very dun. confused. He was like, this isn't a railroad track. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Where did so, I not get all the way out <laughs> here? Yeah. What's this path? <laughs> <laughs> so your friends Wesley, who saw the yeah. light real quick the, your friends who mm-hmm. saw the light how did they describe it yeah so and they they're very adamant that they saw something i mean it's mm-hmm. lots of people who have seen it so i mean i guess i believe them yeah. uh it's like just a little glowing light and it will look like it's really far away one second and then you'll turn around and it'll be right behind you is kind of what people the story that people will tell you and so every time i saw a headlight <laughs> i would just freak out um but yeah no, i've never seen it because i i you know i went to um henderson uh oh, for, my, okay, for yeah. my undergrad and then i didn't know that yeah so a buddy a roommate of, of mine at the time tried to go see the garden light and we went out to this railroad track and we were yeah. walking down it and like we i we could see a light Really? Really faint in the distance. But it was like, 
way, way off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And we kept walking and walking, and we could never get close to it. But honestly, we really didn't walk that long. But it never seemed to come really, really close to us. So I was wondering, mm-hmm. was, is that what we saw, or was it just like a, the light from some house that was way off yeah. in the distance? I don't or know. was it I somebody love, way out in the went. distance with a flashlight? Yeah, yeah right. But oh, it, it yeah, never on moved. Halloween, it gets real weird. It never yeah. moves. Yeah, a though. lot of people say it moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people said what? I, I went out there once, and there really, was, it wasn't during Halloween, <laughs> and it was just a crowd of people. Um, yeah, like there was just enough people that I was like, really? every time we think we see something, it's just it was just more people. It's very um, busy. Dang, it's weird, I, and that like it's in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, so no, busy. yeah. I mean that's where I'm from. I had no idea that other people actually went. Except for the people who are from there, I, I went to OBU, and uh, so I definitely took some people from out of state <laughs> a couple times. But uh, yeah, so that's is what that, I got for you. Is this near uh, uh, is it Fouk, uh, Falk? Falk? Uh, yeah, Falk, Arkansas, where the, the Falk, Falk monster, the Falk monster, and the Legend <laughs> of Boggy Creek. Uh, not super close, but yeah, that's another fun Arkansas yeah. tale for you. Definitely check that out. There's a 1972. Um, kind of like not really found footage it's like a docudrama is the word i'm looking Mm -hmm. for um called the legend of boggy creek and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like a documentary about this monster and people who have encountered it and it's i like it i like it a lot um but getting back on the topic wesley so uh your horror taste (laughs) my um, and i'll get to mine in a second but uh what are what are some of your horror tastes do you even like horror you know to be honest with you i don't uh, partake in the horror genre very much. Well, then you can't be on my horror podcast. You so can shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that uh, what is it? The seventies, eighties slasher movies: Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween. Are you putting Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween on like the same level? <laughs> They're not on the same level, right? Okay, but they are in the same genre. Yeah, yeah right. For sure. Michael Myers is definitely a slasher. Okay. You just say I would, with such disdain that I'm like <laughs> upset. About no, that. no, no, no. So that's what I grew up with. You know, uh, mm-hmm. TNT, uh, the cable channel. Oh there my was gosh. that. There was that one guy. Friday like, the Thirteenth. It, it was show the marathon. No, the yeah, it was the um, every October they had that one guy on TNT playing the the old horror movies. And he would yep. have like a double feature like every night or something like that of these horror movies. And that's kind of what I grew up on. And honestly, that sh- that those movies scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I could not, I couldn't stop watching them. But after I watched mm-hmm. them, I could not go to sleep. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, so that, that's kind of, that was my entry into the horror genre. But uh, recently I've, Kind of getting getting back into it. Uh, Grant Morrison's got a um, a series coming out called Proctor Valley Road. I think they're on issue mm-hmm. three right now, so they're fours coming up. It's it's really good. The artwork is not what you would associate with a horror type comic. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of uh, what I would consider cartoonish. But the story is really good. I think since the 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 story it's a little mature, but the story and the car, uh, the artwork, while they clash, they still work together somehow, some way. And I I'm really enjoying 
uh, that, nice. and it's kind of paranormal, um, monster type horror. So I'm I'm actually enjoying that one really well. I was trying to think of like some different horror series I've read, and um, you know, one of my favorite horror books is I, I ever about once a year I re reread um Salem's Lot, and they've made a couple adaptations of that old Stephen King story, but I. Love it. I think it's so good. And the original miniseries that they adapted into in maybe the 70s uh, is one of my favorite horror movies um, up there with I'm big on like creature features and kind of things. So like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing to me is a perfect movie. Can watch it any day, anytime. Um, and then um, the original Halloween, I think, is a is a classic. Um, but I also kind of think that uh, also John Carpenter I also kind of think that a lot of things just happen to go right too. Because when I read like when I read and see like behind the scenes on Halloween, it's like, oh, that just really worked out for you. <laughs> um, especially like the mask, like they just spray painted a William Shatner mask, um, yeah, which is pretty common trivia at this point. But they didn't have a mask; they just went to a store and did that. <laughs> so, it's so good. Um, so it makes you wonder if William Shatner, Shatner is kind of a really creepy dude. <laughs> oh no you don't wonder he is for sure <laughs> um, no matter how you feel I know Conjuring is one of the more popular well received series and, that have movie series that have come out so that's just uh, something worth checking out is it's the first DC horror series and I can't wait to see what else is coming out I will definitely be getting it and hopefully when we get closer to it I can talk about it when it releases so the last thing I want to talk about today in our news and discussion sort of section is conventions and the return to normalcy. So, so far this year, a lot of conventions have either pushed themselves back towards the end of the year and they are confirming a lot of digital. And then very recently, the CDC updated their suggestions for being masked and a lot of smaller conventions, which... I've been seeing pop more and more small conventions pop up and get great guest stars um, have decided that they're going to go physical. They are promising limited numbers in order for people to distance. But, you know, I, I've been as someone who's been to a convention in Arkansas, we're they're dangerously close to breaking some fire codes like it can get crazy crowded in there. So limited doesn't really give me a number. Um, and they're I'm probably being vague on purpose. Oh, no, absolutely, yeah, because yeah. in that way they can kind of react from there going forward. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what local stuff is going on. But I, for one, this year have really appreciated uh, the turn on digital events. I Being able to watch these panels, uh, get the news, and not be locked out of like a panel hall or a studio hall and get to experience that with everybody else has been an amazing feeling for me. So I'm hoping those things don't go away. And recently we were all talking about besides live streaming these panels, what are some of the events that we would like to see and some of the things that, that we would like them to do? Um, what do you guys remember that we were talking about? Yeah. Uh, panels, you know, is, is obviously something that's the most popular and I'm sure that's what they'll continue to do. And that would be what I would want to see the most of digitally would be the the panelists. Um, but also I think that an important part of these events, particularly for vendors is being able to have a vendor side of the convention to have something for 
buyers and sellers. <laughs> it's important for the livelihood of these people who have missed an entire year of being able to sell at uh, these events. Uh, but also it's, I think if there were, if they were able to have like an online marketplace uh, for some of these conventions, I think that would help uh, draw people in a little bit more. I mean, that's, I like things. <laughs> I like art and uh, I, and you can really to... see some unique artists at these things. Yeah. And going to a convention, that's, that's one thing that I enjoy the most is being able to, uh, to see stuff like that. And so I think that's a really important aspect that they need to uh, somehow try to bring into the, the digital or the online rather convention. I was going to say, yeah, what I was thinking um, was like you were saying, is I remember talking about not just uh, the conventions helping them with the, some sort of digital marketplace for these vendors, but even, you know, using some of that live stream ability because streaming is so popular to visit these vendors so we can see what they're offering um, rather than just looking at like a quickly made sort of online shop. I think that would mm -hmm. be really, really neat. Yeah, I think this uh, pandemic has really forced people to come up with alternatives to how they do business, right? And it's allowed them to seek out other avenues for generating revenue and getting people involved and things like that. So I think the virtual as aspect of these conventions is probably not going to go away, but it's going to augment the in-person uh, mm -hmm. conventions in uh Probably a big way because, you know, it's changed how people do business. And what I hope it comes out of this is, you know, Marcus, you've mentioned numerous times and uh, you've met numerous celebrities at these conventions that, you you know, you talk about, was it Sean Astin? Yeah, uh, I met Sean Astin here in Arkansas. And every time I've done this weird thing where I thank them for coming to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming here. Yes. I appreciate please. you. Um, Sean yeah. Astin, Kevin Conroy. I met the original Red Ranger, Austin St. John, nicest guy in the world. Sean Astin is just as nice in person. Um, it was Ernie. I got to meet Phil Lamar in Texas. I got to meet Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, um, yeah. Uh, met Summer Glau in Texas too, I, but I had to go to Dallas for that. So bigger city, uh, Summer Glau is uh, just the sweetest and kindest person. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think if they could add some sort of virtual meet and greet with the celebrities, they um, they get to come to some of these conventions. I, I think it could provide another means of people to get involved. You know, if you can't, people are busy, right? So you can't go to these conventions all the time you got family you got jobs whatnot if you could it's more of a money make thing it, for me i'd make put it, off family and work if i had the <laughs> money to go to these <laughs> yeah but if you don't if you don't have the money you know you've got to you, you have to right. live without right so it, it would be great to, to it would be great especially yeah it would be great if they could open up a virtual convention alongside the in-person to get the people that can't come involved and i think they would get a pretty big turnout if they, mm -hmm. if they could do that i think it'd be an interesting thing for them to wrangle but i think that'd be i think that'd be really really cool i'm well this whole this whole past year has definitely set them up for it to be a lot easier for them to set it 
yes get this going a lot of like a lot of places have worked on giving a good digital output so yeah so like cool so those are a couple things we'd like to see uh san diego comic-con all of you guys i'm gonna need y'all to get on that um <laughs> the you know i want to meet a lot of these people i think it'd be cool to do it that way i want to buy all these things however nathan fillion brendan frazier i am going to be not meeting you on the computer um i have to hug you i need to <laughs> hold you in my arms so <laughs> why is that weird who would not want to just no nathan fillion take- is, is he's a gorgeous man why would you not? Brandon Fraser is also but gorgeous. and Brandon Fraser both. Yes, I don't know why Nathan, Nathan Fillion stuck out in my head. I guess. I mean, because he's pretty. He's great. our captain. Because <laughs> he's our captain. captain. See, Mal, right. Mal, who is not joining he in, is, is like I have to, I have to speak She's out. Like, I, can't. I have to. He's he's also always going to be my Nathan Drake as well. I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah, I cannot. Great. I cannot quite buy into a little. We're getting Tom a Holland. definitely a little off topic, <laughs> but that short he did as Nathan Drake was incredible. But we are going to move on because then we're talking about video games, and there's all that's a whole other culture there too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so once we talk about news and have some discussions, we are going to move into a uh, recommendation, and that is a recommendation of a graphic that you can read your story start to finish all at once. These are graphics that are already out, that we have read, and we can review for you and talk about and really suggest as a person-to-person suggestion. Our one goal, however, is to kind of stick away from superheroes. I feel like you know uh, superhero-type items are in here. You may still hear some, uh, but your general superhero comics probably won't be recommended here unless it's just something that we think really sticks out of the crowd. Um, this week, we have Megan, and she is going to be recommending Stitches by David Small. And it's actually a memoir, which I did not, I, I have never seen a memoir comic. So this is really exciting for me to hear about. Uh, Megan, tell us about Stitches. Yeah, so um, I think I mentioned in my um, little intro that one of my favorite things to read is graphic memoirs. And part of that is because there's just so many things that are difficult to say in words and that are best, especially feelings that are best expressed um, through imagery. And I think that Stitches is a fantastic example of that. Um, So David Small is actually a children's author. Uh, He writes a lot of children's books, one of which is The Gardener. Um, I think that's the only one by him I actually read. And that is a Caldecott winning book. So he's very good at what he does. Very talented guy. Um, and so Stitches is about Small's life. It's about his uh, his very tumultuous childhood. And it's uh, written from the perspective of him as a child. His family and this, is they're very difficult. They're very secretive. So it highlights uh, his relationship with his parents, his dealings with cancer as a child, which was a huge part of making him the person that he is today. Um, he actually lost his voice as a result of uh, a tumor that he had removed when he was 14. When he had the surgery, he was not told by any of his parents that it was cancerous or that they actually uh, expected him uh, not to make it. <laughs> he didn't find that out until later to just give you... Um, a little bit into how dysfunctional his family was. And so at this vital age, at 14 years old, he had this removed and was left with a huge scar on his neck. And um, 
woke up without the ability to talk. And he eventually did uh, learn how to use his voice with only one vocal cord. He had, had to have one vocal cord removed. But at that point, you know, he had gone through so much through school and, um, and he really started relying on art and his, um, his love of uh, imagery and of storytelling to get him through a lot of, of what was going on in his life. So beautiful, beautiful comic. Not exactly a, a happy, happy ride. It's a little depressing. I definitely recommend it. He utilized a lot of imagery to depict uh, how he felt and to try to explain emotions that are really difficult for children to explain. He tried to use images in a way that, to replace words in a way that as adults we don't often think about, but feelings that are really hard to talk about when you're small, um, feelings of being trapped and isolated, and it's the way he did it, I think, is really relatable, and it kind of brings you back to childhood, honestly, and the difficult things that um, you may have gone through uh, at a young age, so... Anyway, I highly recommend it. You may want to watch something happy afterwards, but it's very good. If you're new to the world of graphic memoirs, I highly recommend it. That's really cool. I, I'm not, I wasn't aware of this genre within uh, comics and graphics. I, it's just not something that I've experienced myself, but I know that it is a genre that's taken very seriously. And so... I, hopefully someone has learned something and is going to check that out. So for the next section, every week we're going to take a look at what is coming out on New Comic Book Day, which is today when we post these this podcast, Wednesdays, and we're going to highlight some of the things that we saw that we think look really interesting and that we'd like to check out. These are not reviews. This is just something that we have looked at previews for these these different series, and we think this looks really cool. We might also sometimes highlight a graphic novel collection if it's coming out that week, too. So to start out, I am going to start with one of my favorite series coming out of DC through their DC Black DC Comics Black Label. Black Label is a bunch of series that DC is releasing that are not tied to the continuity of their any other series. They're very standalone, uh, very mature uh, stories. And one I've been reading is The Other History of the DC Universe. And so this week, issue number four is going to come out. The Other History of the DC Universe has been highlighting minority heroes and their troubled fictional histories of existing next to the greatest heroes, but never actually being one of them. And it takes a lot of real things that were happening um, to give the, their fictional histories historical context so you can understand maybe why that character wasn't raised up the way that some other larger heroes were. It's it's really it's just really gripping and amazing. The writer is John Ridley, and he's actually responsible for the screenplay for Twelve Years a Slave and Red Tails. And another one I saw on there, which I haven't thought about in forever, uh, was Undercover Brother. Has anyone seen that movie? Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, John Ridley's next project that he's working on is actually relaunching Black Panther for Marvel Comics this fall. So if you end up liking this series, I would definitely suggest checking that out later. The other series that I wanted to recommend this week is called Made in Korea, and it is written by uh, Jeremy Holt. And Jeremy was a identical triplet and Korean adoptee, so he decided to explore finding his identity through kind of a sci-fi lens. 
In Made in Korea, uh, readers, according to its synopsis, readers will follow Jesse, the world's first true AI system, on an exciting exploration of what it means to be a family in an age when biological parenthood is no longer a reality. So you can see a bit of the author's life coming out in that synopsis. Um, it's also being co-written by George Shaw and illustrated by Adam, <laughs> illustrated by Adam Ouellette. And it is going to be the first of just a six-issue miniseries. I think this looks incredible. I have mine on hold this week. Meg, what are some books that you saw this week that you think look really interesting? Yeah, so one I'm really excited about is Shadow Man. Issue two of Shadow Man is coming out this week, and that is a series from Valiant. Um, It's written by Cullen Bunn, and and it's going to be illustrated by John Davis Hunt. So Shadow Man is uh, a character that was created in the early 90s, I believe, yeah, by um, Valiant. So this is not a new character by any means. He's been around for a while, um, but they're really wanting to revamp this series. So this is, again, the second issue of this sort of revamping for this character. Shadow Man is about a man um, from New Orleans named Jack Boniface, and uh, he becomes the protector of humanity, essentially, protecting uh, the Earth from various demons and bad guys from the dead side. Uh, which is an other reality. And so he got his powers through a voodoo spirit called the Shadow Loa. Even though this is not a um, a new character, I'm really excited about this. I think that the art for it is really beautiful. I've uh, looked at some of the previous Shadow Man comics, and um, I think that this character design is spectacular. It's spooky, but it's action-packed, so if you're into that, I think you'll like it a lot. You may be familiar with the Shadow Man video game that actually came out in the late 90s um, and they're actually going to be remastering that and re-releasing it this year so if you are interested in um on what console would did it originally come out on it originally came out <laughs> it originally came out on the n64 and pc and it is going to be <laughs> oh the n64 okay great yeah 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 <laughs> i said n62 earlier and he thinks it's hilarious um and the re-release is gonna be for uh pc and switch and uh also uh playstation 4 i believe so action horror looks like a lot of fun i think it's gonna be a good one if y'all want to check that out so then the second one i'm gonna be talking about is lady baltimore the witch queens number three that's coming out this week and that is actually a new series by dark horse comics um written by mike mignola and uh, christopher golden illustrated by bridget connell And it's about a woman named Sophia who is from a village that is packed with all the scary spoops and super baddies. And um, she is in alliance with a person named Lord Baltimore. And then years after his death, she has to take up the mantle as Lady Baltimore as she um, fights baddies through Nazi Europe and... um, you know, do you remember in World War II when there were witches and vampires? Oh, that's She's going to be fighting those. Yeah, so she's uh, going to be talking about fighting some Nazi Might as well and have been. And, yeah. In um, Lady Baltimore. So um, at one point, I saw her fighting giant sentient eyeballs. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of monster hunting. I did find those panels with the sentient mm-hmm. eyeballs, and it's going to be up on our preview video on our Facebook site. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. So, really, really cool. So, that's the third issue of that's coming out this week. 
So you might want to check that out. Sounds like it's going to be fun. That's all I got. Muzzle, what you got for us this week? I got a couple of ones that I'm interested in. Um, one that's go uh, ongoing is um, The Last Ronin, which um, is uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story that's uh, in its third issue now. Written by Tom Waltz, Peter Laird, and Kevin Eastman. Pretty good story. It's got some heavy themes. It's pretty solid. Uh, I've only read issue two, uh, but issue two was enough to pull me in. So I, I am excited for issue number three, which is coming out tomorrow. Man, Goat, and Bunny Man, issue number two is coming out. Uh, this is a quirky little thing that is, you know, right up my alley, and I just I want to know what's what this story is and where these characters are coming from. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at the synopsis for it and it sounds like supernatural. If Sam and Dean were also cryptids and ultra violent, which they kind of <laughs> are already ultra violent. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it yeah, sounds, that's, that's it the sounds vibe fun. I got. Yeah. It sounds fun. Uh, I, unfortunately I was unable to get issue one. Um, I guess it's, it's pretty hard to come by. Uh, issue two is probably not going to be any different, but I guess the the main one that I'm really interested in is uh, Redshift, coming out by Scout Comics, written by HS Tech, arts by Brent David McKee. I guess the the gist I get from it is it about it's about this organization known as the Ministry of Exploration that has pinned its hope of you know the survival of humanity on this astronaut who happens to be afraid of space. So, uh, it's... <laughs> wait, 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 Did you, you said... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, he, It seems like, kind of out of what, place, Did he know right? what he signed up for when he went to astronaut school? He should have. Uh, yeah, I'm not I... sure. You know, maybe, maybe he knew what he was getting into, and then by the... The, just the going through the motions of becoming an astronaut. He just started to get... Maybe it's a Rocket Man situation, and uh, I don't know if y'all... I'm not talking about Rocket Man, uh, <laughs> the song. <laughs> I was like, the, what is that you know, the song? There is an old 90s comedy <laughs> called Rocket okay. Man with, uh, it's his name, Anson Williams or something like that. Uh-huh. And he gets chosen to go to Mars, even though he's incredibly inept. Um, yeah, it sounds like a comedy. So it's yeah, I don't know. They're 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 comparing this uh, story between Total Recall and Interstellar. So not a comedy. Oh, so... I loved now. No, the good Total Recall is the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall. Yeah, I would imagine they're talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall because mm. this place is takes kind of place in Mars. I don't, I don't. I never saw the remake, so I don't know if that also took. Who place is on your Mars. daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> not I've even never the seen same that. movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, there I just you go. Like Arnold yeah, that's quotes. not the same movie at all. I just oh like Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. I have seen that movie. Okay, well, that sounds cool. So yeah, no, Stop that sounds cool. I can't. I please let me know how your book about a astronaut <laughs> who's afraid of space goes. I yeah, guess. I'm honestly really intrigued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe um, I'll check that out tomorrow when the, I'm at the, the shop if we they have it. Yeah, the, so the cover art um, has him holding a hatchet and a chicken as he's walking across the surface of Mars. So, have no idea what's yes. going to happen. No, I, it's like he oh skinned a chicken. It's like he skinned a chicken what? on Mars. I, I, 
we're we're about we're about to take a ride is what we're about to do yes i need to read this <laughs> yes I love yeah it. this um yeah that sounds re- weird and cool cool so we all picked some pretty weird stuff this week you know <laughs> yeah, week to week, yeah, yeah. the quality of the things that we're picking is going to go up and down but hopefully you heard something that you're curious about if you're curious about some artwork from any of these titles make sure to go to our facebook page at vf comics c-o-m-i-c-s podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t um and you can watch a short video with some panels and previews of the books that we mentioned here today and a couple of others from our originally planned this week is actually of course it's launch week so things have changed at the last minute a little bit but you can see all the books we mentioned here today for sure on that short video And that's it. That is going to be it for our premiere episode. Thank you so much for listening and checking out the VF Comics Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of comics news, the releases, and our own recommendations. If you're digging what we're doing, make sure to subscribe to the cast and leave a review on your preferred podcasting app for us. As of the launch of this podcast, we are just on Spotify, but we are waiting for confirmation from lots of others, especially Apple and Google. Uh, make sure to check us out every Wednesday each week and join the conversations at our Facebook and Instagram pages that I described earlier. As our audience grows, we can bring you even more content. So tell your friends. You can tell strangers on the street. I don't care if you talk to strangers on the street. I'm not your mother. Um, if I was your mother, I would probably tell you not to talk to strangers. But since I'm not, tell them on the street because we really would need and want the attention. We will catch everyone next week.